you're now listening to well, Project Kayfabe. Big meaty man slapping me. <laughs> the most unprofessional podcast on professional wrestling. Let's rock. Where you listen to our shitty little opinions and you kind of enjoy them. Yeah, paper That's cap. Totally cap. That means lie. This ain't your mommy's podcast. Presented by the WrestleBuzz Podcast Network. And here are your hosts, Joe and Quade. Yo, what is going on, people? And welcome back to Project Kayfabe, a wrestling podcast. We are a wrestling podcast now. If you weren't, you know, keeping up, if you haven't heard any changes... Uh, if you haven't paid attention, I guess is the best way to describe it. We're <laughs> dropping the pop culture side. That pop culture side of things will be on another podcast I will be doing in the near future. So uh, stay tuned to that. Uh, I am your host, Joe. I'm with my boy, Quade. How you doing, Quade? It's been a minute since we've done an episode together. And just uh, how you doing? Doing pretty good. You know, went through some life changes, but we know we're here. Decided to talk about some... Classics, I like, the way, so, you know, I like the way you say it like that, like life changes, like, you know, your whole life got flipped upside down in a way. <laughs> I mean, almost, almost, yeah. I mean, Quade, if you, Quade oh, moved oh, out, oh. so he has his own place now. So, that, I mean, if you don't mind me saying that for you, rather than being weird and no, I'm no longer, <laughs> no longer a New Yorker, you know, those days are gone. I was a New Yorker for... I don't know how old am I? 25, 24, 24 years. I mean, and now yeah, exactly how old journey. you are. <laughs> yeah, Quade <laughs> left yeah. New York, which is, you know, smart, but also, like, I don't know. Now, yeah. you're, where you're at now, I don't know. Right, how... <laughs> so, anywho, Quade's been doing his thing. So, we got him on for the pod today. Um, if you aren't too familiar with us, if you're listening to us on the WrestleBuzz podcast network feed, uh, as always, I am Joe. And we are a wrestling podcast, as we mentioned before, and we have changed things up a bit. So if you're listening on this feed, that means you're familiar with the Wrestling Journal podcast with Joey and his boys. And they're talking about, you know, what's happening in the week of wrestling. And they just talk about all the wrestling news. And then we have From the Top Rope podcast with Gurge Brooms. He's been on a little hiatus because he's been traveling, but he should be coming back soon. And he also covers a lot of the weekly stuff that you'll see happening within WWE, AEW, and whatnot. So with our podcast, Project Kayfabe, we kind of used to do the same thing and say, you know, with whatever is relevant within the wrestling world. But I've decided to change it up a bit. I'm a, I'm a little excited to make things a little different, not only just for me, but for you listeners. While we all have different opinions and different, you know, things that we take from all of the weekly shows, I don't want you to always have to listen to the same topics every episode from all of us. So I've changed it up a bit. We will talk about anything that is important when it comes to professional wrestling here on this show. Anything that's relevant, like, you know, great to hear that Hangman Page is doing well after getting injured last week. Hopefully he'll be back soon. Um, but we'll talk about things like that or major stuff that uh, really happened in the wrestling world when we see fit. But for now, we're going to be doing something a little different. I alluded to it on the last episode I had. Uh, we would have done this last week, but your boy was coming back from COVID and I'm doing better now. Last week, I was not podcast sexy. So now I am ready to go. <laughs> um, so we're going to be doing two things that will be the main portion of this show 
Um, typically per episode, it'll be one thing that we're focusing on, and that will be the Hulk Hogan era of TNA. It was a very interesting time, a lot of weird stuff, a lot of, a lot of, you know, there's some diamonds in the, in the rough and the mix of what happened during this time of, you know, Hogan taking over, but there's a lot of weird shit that went down. So we're going to be covering that. I'm very interested to do that because I feel like this is a part of wrestling that a lot of people haven't covered uh really you know there's people like deadlock you know i love deadlock they'll cover um you know certain episodes from tna back in the day they do a lot of retro reviews but we're going to try and cover the best way we can of the timeline uh timeline of it all with all the big important things and goofy shit that used to happen during this time so i'm very excited to see what happens there um, and then when we're not talking about TNA, Hulk Hogan error, when I'm getting a little bored of it, we will be talking about wrestling feuds. You know, feuds that really, like, you know, were very interesting to watch and follow, you know, from beginning to end. There are so many different things we could talk about. This is like, I've always thought about this because back when I was writing for Deadlock, I wanted to start doing something similar to that. And, like, one thing I wanted to talk about is, like, the Rey Mysterio, Cody Rhodes feud that happened that led Cody Rhodes to being, like, you know, from dashing to, like, the little gruesome Cody Rhodes or whatever you wanted to call that Cody Rhodes back in the day. Like, I wanted to study that feud, review it, talk about it. So that's, like, one thing that's, like, an option. Then there's, like, the Orton Cena feud that went on for years. There's so many different feuds we could talk about. So those will be, like, the bulk of our episodes. Uh, but anywho, that's just introing what we're talking about in general. Um, and always, if you're listening on the WrestleBuzz podcast feed, you can follow us. Uh, our podcast at project underscore kayfabe on twitter instagram tiktok um if you're listening to us it's great i hope you like it feel free to go check out the other podcasts on the feed there's the wrestling journal and then there's from the top rope so our podcast project kayfabe will typically come out on wednesdays to thursdays uh gurge broom with from the top rope he'll typically be around like a friday kind of show uh, actually, no, I lied. It'll be like a Monday, Tuesday kind of show. And then there is uh, the Wrestling Journal podcast, which is more of like your Saturday, Sunday kind of deal. So we have three different options for you to all listen to, and I hope you check us all out. Um, and if you're listening back on the Project Kayfabe feed, this is the last episode that you will see on this feed until we then change everything over for the pop culture side. So if you're listening for professional wrestling, go over to the WrestleBuzz Network, and you could go listen to us wherever you get your podcast at, and then follow at WrestleBuzz on Instagram and uh, at WrestleBuzz, and then you could find them on Twitter at WrestleBuzz with three Zs. So all that being said, let's get into it. So, we are talking about the first ever episode that has Hulk Hogan, the TNA debut of Hulk Hogan, and what a fucking time it was. There's just so many moments in this history of TNA, and we're going to try our best to cover as much as we can anything that we find important, and we're going to try and go a little in-depth, so we're going to try and read what people have said. We're going to try and talk about the ratings, because they're, you know, it'll be interesting to see what WWE is doing at the same time while, you know, TNA is doing their thing, especially in this episode where they're going head to head. Like, they literally say it in the introduction that they're going <laughs> to war with WWE. So, you know, it's, it's always, that's also interesting that there's so many companies like, you know, AEW does it too. It's always like, it's us against the big guys. I'm, we're going to be number one, blah, blah, blah. So, 
It'll be interesting to go down this history. I'm excited. I'm also worried because there's a lot of bad shit when you check this time of TNA out. <laughs> but there is, like I said in the intro, there's a few moments that you're like, oh, that was really good. Like, you know, even though questionable person now, when Austin Aries did the, you know, cashing in the X Division title for the world title, that was cool. You know, the whole Bobby Roode run was cool. Um, the aces and eights f- uh, time is questionable, but still interesting. So there's a lot of stuff that I'm excited for. What about you, Quade? What do you What do you think so far? What do you what, This whole idea, I kind of brought this on to you, and you're like, "Yeah, hey, I'm about it." So what did you think about it when I told you? And what do you can you think back of the, all the memories or some of the memories from this time if you were l- watching it this time? I remember watching very early on during this time. I, I, I remember watching this episode for sure. And I remember watching, I remember some moments like Jeff, like I think Immortal, Immortal and like Fortune happened during this time. Um, yep. I was a big fan of the Fortune group. I thought it was a good idea. I was a fan of Immortals too. Um, yeah, th- th- of course, the Jeff's I like. I definitely one of my favorite wrestlers. So, of course, like, I follow his stuff. Um there's some other things that happened too during some that I just found interesting and very funny. I don't remember Ace and the Ace guy. I think I stopped watching by that point. Um, but yeah, I guess the Jeff and Sting situation was also in yep, the Hogan that, there, huh? that, that is gonna happen. So, <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to I, it's me to say I'm looking forward to it, but I'm like I, I'm interested to see that play out in like the aftermath and everything there. But um yeah, I'm looking forward to this, honestly. Yeah, you know, this is definitely, I'm intrigued because now as an older professional wrestling fan, like, I know more about it, I understand, I've seen where TNA has come from, you know, like, I think back when I first, like, found TNA, like, this was back, obviously, in, like, what, middle school, and I didn't know TNA was a thing, I never heard of it, and then randomly, I was, like, like, because I didn't have cable growing up for the most part, and I went to my great-grandmother's house. I went to my abuela's house, and I was just surfing the channels in the living room. And I remember I just tune in, and I see, like, Bobby Lashley. He's wrestling. I'm like, what the hell? I thought he was what, he was in WWE. This is where he went. And then you see, like, Sting, and you see Kurt Angle. I'm like, what the fuck? This is, oh, this is wrestling. This isn't WWE. This is something else. And then uh, eventually I would keep up with TNA by, you know, finding my you know, ways on the internet and keeping up with live streams and stuff like that. And there's a lot of this that I do remember from this time. There's a lot that I do remember. There's a lot I don't remember. Uh, It'll be interesting (laughs) to go to memory lane and just live through all of this and the good and the bad. So um, we can start diving in. I did pull up some stuff. So this episode of TNA drew a 1.5 rating, an average of 2.20 million viewers over the course of three hours, because this is a three-hour episode of TNA. It's supposed to be the biggest episode they've ever had, and they went head-to-head with Monday Night Raw. I don't know why. I don't know if this was because something was going on with the network. They're on Spike TV at this time. RIP Spike TV. It was a great time. I'm sad they're gone. Um, they went against Raw for whatever reason, and Impact, you know, had a lot of people watching that day, but this was for Impact, you know, Impact numbers, and if you compare that to Raw, Raw got a 3.6 rating, and they had an average of 5.60 million viewers. So think about this, they did the Monday Night War, basically, with Raw and, T- uh, and TNA at the time, and they had Hulk Hogan debuting on impact but they had on raw 
they had the return of Bret Hart at this time. This was head-to-head on television, which is very interesting in the wrestling world side of things. And I do remember watching this as a kid, the, you know, the episode of Raw, and I was like, ah, oh, it's fucking Bret Hart. And then, you know, Bret Hart has the interaction with Shawn Michaels. He gets kicked in the balls by HP, mm-hmm. I mean, by, uh, by Vince McMahon at the end of the show. And such a, such an interesting way to go against WWE at a time that this is just as big, if not bigger, with Hulk Hogan being in TNA, but then the return of Bret Hart to WWE, which was something people thought would never happen, kind of like, basically, if like CM Punk went to WWE again right now, and then AEW decided to go head-to-head for some reason. Like, pretty pretty interesting. What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, like, I always found, I remember that day specifically, like, tuning in, just like, alright, they got Bret Hart on Raw, he got Hogan on on um on TNA, so I was just like, I think I that day I tuned into TNA first. I, if I remember correctly, Raw was three hours, right? That day too, or no? Was it just two? I feel like they were just two from the look of the okay. card, but I don't really know. They probably were so, just two. Actually, I think it was two. I think I remember tuning into TNA first. TNA started at eight, and then Raw started at nine. So I was just like, all right. Um, but yeah, I thought it was interesting to see Tina want to go head to head. Like, I think at that time and period, they was having, I thought like Tina was in a good spot before Hogan came in. There was like, there was like a growth, you know, they started to grow on Spike. It was just getting more popular. They have more stars and like, they could probably do well on their own to stick to Thursday. They probably could have honestly grown to be fairly larger than what they ended up being now. Um, and well, mismanagement, but to go up to head to head with Raw was just like, it was a ballsy move and it, it didn't, Work in the end, but what's just funny though, like you said, the rating was like 1.5, yeah, 1.5 which, compared to a Raw's 3.6. Like in today, even though today's TV stands is completely different, they got a higher rating than any impact, any AW rating ever, <laughs> you know, which is yeah. funny. Thing. Even the debut episode A that was slightly lower, so like they had something at least, you know, people tune, they got 1.5 million people to tune in, so something was working out. Yeah, I mean, something had to work out. And this is what the Raw card was, at least, like, there's obviously promos and stuff in the mix of it, all that, but they had a dark match with Brian Danielson going against Chavo Guerrero. (laughs) They had the first match of the night, they had Maurice defeat Brie Bella with Nikki Bella on the side for a WWE Divas Championship Tournament quarterfinals match. And this match went for two minutes and 18 seconds, which is almost like one of the longest matches on the night for fucking TNA. We'll (laughs) get into that. Uh, MVP defeats Jack Swagger, Mark Henry, and Carlito in a fatal four-way match, seven minutes and six seconds. You got Triple H and Shawn Michaels with Hornswoggle. They go against Jericho, and they retain the unified tag team titles. That was a 12-minute match. We got a one-minute and 45-second match between Sheamus and Evan Bourne. And you got Randy Orton beating Kofi in 10 minutes for the main event match. That was the main event match of the show. And you also had the opening segment with Justin Roberts where he introduced Bret Hart and, you know, all the Bret Hart stuff that gets involved throughout the show with, like, leading to Bret Hart getting kicked in the dick by Vince (laughs) McMahon. So very interesting show. So their biggest thing was obviously Bret Hart, and they throw the rest of the show into the mix. TNA 
literally put their whole show around Hulk Hogan, but they put in so many random debuts into the mix, I was fucking confused as fuck <laughs> when watching this show. Because you had the fucking debut of Ric Flair, Orlando Jordan, um, Jeff Hardy returns, uh, Jeff Jarrett returns. I'm like, they, they went crazy for this, all because of Hulk Hogan, which was such an interesting approach. Uh, so I think we're going to dive into all of it. We're going to talk about what's, you know, going on and uh, we're going to go with segments. We're going to go with matches. I got notes on almost about everything. Hopefully Quade can fill in the gaps where I get a little confused, but they start off the show and let me, I want to play that for you guys, the intro of it all. Cause it was a pretty good, interest, pretty good intro, interesting intro of that too. Uh, so let me, uh, let me set that up for you guys. Thought it was ever possible. It's an evening that revolves around history. And gentlemen, we are also going to be making history this evening. Not only the first ever event, but we are also going to be crowning an NWA World's Heavyweight Champion with the gauntlet for the gold. Who thought anyone would even care? The icon sting <laughs> is finally here in TNA, and the atmosphere in the impact zone is electric. Who thought the great ones would ever come? I don't believe it! Kurt Angle's coming to TNA! No! Freaking Tonight, a new era begins. The greatest athletes in the world. The man that revolutionized professional wrestling. The one. The only Hulk Hogan! What was once unimaginable is now inevitable. Monday night, January 4th, we're going to battle with a WWE. The wrestling business <laughs> is about to be flipped upside down. Destiny is ours for the taking. What you gonna do, Hulkamania? What you gonna do? What you gonna do? What you gonna do? What you gonna do? <laughs> So they end that with time for a change after they just had to go, what you going to do? What you going to do? What you gonna... Like when I heard that, I like, I fucking started laughing now. And then back when I've watched it earlier today, I'm like, come on, what is up with this? I well, before all that, such a very, I love the intro. Uh, my favorite part is probably that Barry Scott is the uh, announcer of it all. Um, that's probably my favorite thing about it. RIP Barry Scott, the legendary TNA voice announcer. He passed away in 2020 and he did a lot of the cross the line, like, you know, introductions during this time for TNA and the very beginning of TNA. Um, but that was a very interesting intro. Uh, just very much hyping up the fact that Hulk Hogan is here. And I do find it interesting too, because this wasn't a surprise. Obviously they were marketing the hell out of Hulk Hogan. Like, you know, it would be cool to just see like, you know, like AW does a lot. All the companies do it when they just surprise you with something. And, you know, a surprise like Hogan is so big that they couldn't hold it and they had to announce it. I mean, I'm looking right now and it's, it's also interesting. An article from 2009 from Bleacher Report, Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff signed with TNA Wrestling. And then 
October 13th, 2013, TNA Impact Wrestling, Hulk Hogan leaves the company a positive step forward. <laughs> Just look <laughs> at the look at the change that like fucking four years makes with this whole thing. And that just kind of sets the tone right there of what to expect with all of this. <laughs> yeah, it's just pretty funny. Like, oh man, like it just it's fun looking back to see like how hyped up there was for this and just like knowing where it ends up and knowing how like it will ultimately fail. Um, but yeah, that's just the time for a change. I know like Oh man, does that I remember what I was gonna say earlier? This this was the time when they switched to the four side ring eventually, and that was just probably what killed TNA in my opinion. But we we'll get in a couple couple episodes, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting because they will go to that eventually. And I know a lot of the wrestlers apparently like that because apparently the six sided ring it sucked oh, yeah. taking bumps on that. So they would leave it, they would go to the four sided ring, they would change the whole brand from red to blue. And then eventually, years later, they'll bring back the six-sided ring. And then now, um, yeah, now they're back on four sides. So it's um, it was unique having the six-sided ring. But then, you know, apparently it was better for the wrestlers. But it was just, it was so nice that TNA was trying to be an alternative. And then when they brought in Hulk Hogan and the way he explains it, too, it's like, I thought you guys were the alternative to WWE. Why are you guys trying to be WWE? <laughs> Right. So, Hulk Hogan is here. They hype it up as fuck with the intro. They're going against, you know, they even said it Monday night, January 4th. We were going to war <laughs> with the WWE. They were talking about that for for most of the night. Um, I do want to play the intro to TNA for a little bit because that, that, the music is so good back then. That, I don't know if we get copyrighted or not. Probably not. <laughs> I hope not. But that was so, like, the, you could see that I was sharing my screen so you could see the actual video, too. But that is so good. I love that intro. The music goes, it just feels like pro wrestling. Yeah, it's a really good intro. There. Yeah, like, that's probably, like, one of the best themes for wrestling. Like, that's honestly really good. Like, it's catchy and it's, it's memorable, too. Like, that's something that we still remember, like, today. Like, something to, like, classic raw intros, like, I don't know them top of my head, but you know what I'm talking about. The classic Raw intros, a ruthless aggression one. I like how you're that. trying to prove a point and then you break, you fuck up your point by saying, like, I can't dude. remember them. You know, like, you know, even though it's a joke, like, burn it down to the ground tonight by Nickelback. That is like, I remember when Raw was during yeah. that time and like, you know, all the stuff like back in the day, like a lot of those, like, you know, the beautiful people for SmackDown is like a very much like memorable one. So I get what you mean there. Yeah. It's a very memorable time. And it was such a good intro. Uh, So the show kicks off. You know, they're fucking going crazy with the pyro. I think they spent most of their budget on pyro because they (laughs) got Cody pyro in the beginning. They got Cody pyro when Hulk Hogan comes out and the the fans are hyped. Mike Tanay, you know, he starts the show. He's like, this is the biggest night in TNA history. And, you know, Taz, which I also love that Taz is wearing a big fucking orange blazer because, you know, he's Taz and he likes the color orange. I like that um, Taz (laughs) goes, uh, TNA will never be the same after tonight. And God, Taz is so right. It is not the same after tonight. Um, They definitely gave the crowd a lot of free Hulk Hogan merch. I could because they're all rocking the the red and yellow for Hogan. 
Um, so very interesting. They announced what the card is supposed to be for tonight. So we steal, we see, you know, they're talking about Steel Asylum, which I don't know. That We'll get into that. They talk <laughs> about, well, the ODB, uh, she has her match against Tara for the Knockouts Women's title. We got Rhino versus Abyss in a barbed wire massacre match. But then that doesn't fucking happen. We got Beer Money versus British Invasion in a full Metal Mayhem match. Nope, that doesn't happen either. And we'll and we'll get to that. And then you know they announce what the show is. And then Mike today is like, oh, and uh, you know, radio show host, we have a new guy joining the team, Bubba the Love Sponge. I'm like, who the mm-hmm. fuck is Bubba the Love Sponge? And these people that Bubba is talking to, men, women, children, they're all fans of Bubba. Like, they're wearing, like, Bubba Army stuff. I'm like, what is this? And apparently Bubba the Love Sponge is, like, a friend of Hulk Hogan. I think he must have been on Sirius XM during the time or had some sort of radio show during the time there. Uh, he must have been popular somewhere. I, I don't know how. Um, but he still does have a following. I, I had to look into this. He's on YouTube right now with 49 point, uh, yeah, 49 point something subscribers. 49 point thousand, that is. And he's on Twitch with 44.6 thousand subscribers. And he does a almost a daily show, a radio show on Twitch. He uploads it to YouTube. He has clips. Hulk Hogan is still on there. I saw a clip earlier today of Hulk Hogan talking about Andre the Giant never brushing his teeth and how that was a big problem. (laughs) So very interesting to see that Bubba the Love Sponge is still a thing now. Uh, I was like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah, once I had the nails, like, oh, that's the guy Hulk Hogan sued. <laughs> that's the first thing I remember. Uh, Wait, something like that. I think that was like oh, part. Is of the... this the guy that Hogan sued? I think so. I think that was, that was part of the case. Yeah, huh. <laughs> I, I could be wrong, but I think he it's might him. be. He's still friends with him, so I don't know. Oh, but... he is. Maybe he was. Maybe he didn't sue him, but maybe he was a part of this of the suit. He might have been a part of the case somehow. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I was like, oh, got... this guy. <laughs> I was like, who the fuck is this? Well, you got Bubba the Love Sponge asking random people about, like, you know, what do you think about Hulk Hogan and stuff like that. He goes up to one guy who looks like he's (laughs) in college or he's 30, and he goes, oh, I want to see wrestling. None of that kid shit. I'm like, what are you talking about? What is this kid shit? What is is this kid shit he's talking about? I want to know what is he comparing it to. Uh, uh, Bubba goes to one lady, and she's like, I want to see big wrestlers i want to see they're sweaty and i'm like what the why is this woman so horny for these tna stars <laughs> i'm very confused um then you go to a guy that's like definitely from new york and he's definitely dressed like a new yorker from 2006 pretty much and he goes vincent man you have no idea what's coming at you uh then he goes to like some random teen who could barely speak english he's wearing like a bubba army hat that looks so like like that Bubba must have made it that same moment and gave it to him and said, Hey kid, wear this and want to be on TV. And then he goes, uh, the kid, what, did, what the fuck did he say? He's like, Oh, Hulk Hogan's the best wrestler ever. WWE sucks. TNA. I'm like, what? Then they go to some <laughs> random black dude. He goes to some random black dude and he has a, he's like, Oh, TNA, this is our year. And he's pointing at his arm and he has a TNA tattoo on him. I'm like, when the f- this guy got a whole TNA tattoo. And then, <laughs> And then Bubba goes to some other guy, some white dude, and he's dressed up like Hulk Hogan. And then Bubba's like, oh, you're really, you know, working the gimmick here. He's like, yeah, you know, Hulk Hogan, he's the best. I will follow Hogan to the gates of hell. I'm like, what is going on with these people? Where did they get them from? I mean, you probably will follow Hogan to the gates of hell at this point, but what the fuck? 
That's hilarious. That's, that's funny. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just hope the guy with the tattoo. I hope it's fake. <laughs> I can't imagine having that right now. That's no, I hope he got a whole sleeve. I hope he has a fucking TNA <laughs> sleeve with like Alex Shelley. You got homicide on one part. <laughs> Even put like suicide. I hope he has a suicide tattoo. So we got our first match of the night, the Steel Asylum. And for those who aren't familiar with TNA that much, or at least this point of TNA, so the Steel Asylum is a six-sided steel cage because the ring is uh, six-sided. And it has a roof for some reason. So manage, kind of imagine like the elimination chamber in a way. But you instead of, you know, you don't win the match by pinfall or submission. You have to climb the cage to then crawl to that roof and get through the little hole that's on this roof. I, it's fucking absurd. <laughs> I've seen a couple of these matches and some of them are not bad, but I don't really like it. And the concept is stupid. So, in this match, you got Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin of the Motor City Machine Guns. Mind you, this is not a tag team match. This is every, every singles match. So, you got Alex Shelley, Chris Sabin. You got, all right, you got Jay Lethal, Boo, and you got Consequence Creed, a.k.a. Xavier Woods, and they're a part of Lethal Consequences. But they're not a team in this. Uh, you also have Homicide and this guy, Kiyoshi. And they're a part of the World Elite. I'm like, I've heard of the World Elite. What the hell is the World Elite? And the World Elite is a TNA staple ran by Eric Young. So Eric Young is no longer being an idiot on TV. He tried to take himself serious in this moment. And he made a stable of Eric Young, you know, himself, Homicide, this guy, Kiyoshi, who's still wrestling to this day, I realize. He's still wrestling. He also wrestles (laughs) under the moniker Sushi. And he wears a mask. And he's basically like... Chap like Curry Man in a way. Um, you got Doug Williams, you got Magnus, aka Nick Aldis, and you got the Sheikh Abdul Bashar, aka Davari. They're all a part of this team, and the reason why they made this team is because they are anti-American. They they don't like America. <laughs> so very interesting team that was made here. I also find it interesting that in this match you have Suicide, who at this time is being played by Frankie Kazarian, but when Frankie Kazarian does not want to be Suicide, Kiyoshi is also Suicide. I saw that one <laughs> looking into him like, Hold on, what matches did he have in TNA? And then I saw they kept listing him under Suicide. I'm like, oh, he also wrestles as Suicide. Um, so that was interesting. Uh, and you got the X Division champion at the time, HOG owner, Amazing Red. Amazing Red was awesome during the time. They do, for some reason, let us know that Mick Foley was denied access to TNA, and that becomes a bit for most of the fucking night. And you got these dudes, they're climbing all over the place. They're just trying, you know, they're trying to fuck shit up. Um, this just did not look like a fun time for these guys in the ring. Like, I don't know. You know, you got to climb to the roof and get through the hole, and that just doesn't make sense. And Homicide, for some reason, pulls out a baton and beats the shit out of everybody. So you know what they decide to do? They call the match a no contest. They call the cage <laughs> match a no contest match, which makes no fucking sense. But it gets even better. The crowd starts chanting, this is bullshit. Just for then homicide to try and climb through the ring, like tr- he's climbing the cage, and he then tries to go through the hole in the middle, 
but he's struggling. He is having a hard ass time. You can tell. Like this isn't no like kayfabe shit. This man literally can't get through the hole. He's having a hard time. And the cameraman is still like they're, the production crew is like, yeah, let's watch this happen. And you know, on Taz and Mike today are trying to sell it on commentary. You know, he's trying to get to you know trying to not make him look like shit. But the cameraman's not helping by showing this. <laughs> what did you think about this whole ordeal, Quade? <laughs> when it was, I was watching that at first. I was like, "Oh, this is a cool match." And I was still Simon's is, is a cool concept, um, different, interesting. Then all I heard is this is bullshit. And I see this is no, this is no, uh, this is this is a no scrum. What do you call it? No content. I'm just like, all right, there's a little bit of hell in uh, action going on here with uh, uh, Fiend and Seth Rollins. But okay, but I'm in my first thing. I'm like, how you have your crowd chanting, "This is bullshit." In the first match of this whole new war, he was to go head to head on that Raw, and the first thing he does have a no contest in a match that shouldn't even be like a match that should be, that should have that possible, and your crowd doesn't like it. I'm just like, and it's embarrassing when Homicide can't get the the cage. I'm just like. All right, this is this is this is looking back now. It's like this is a perfect start to what this era is going to be. <laughs> yeah, it's just ridiculous. It's and what's crazy? So you have a no contest in a cage match. Stupid. The match only went four minutes and thirty seconds. Why even do the match if this is what happened? Unless the <laughs> only reason the match happened was for the cool image that we get, because you know what ends up happening. So homicide. He can't get through the hole. Homicide decides to take a back bump. He falls from up there. They make it look <laughs> like people are trying to chase after him. They continue the fight in the cage. And it also looks like they have, like, I think, you know, Xavier Woods was trying to climb out the cage or somebody was trying to climb out. Still, I'm like, why are you guys still wrestling and fighting? It, like, this match wasn't just thrown out. So then, next thing you know... We get out of nowhere. We get some music playing. I'm going to play it for a little bit because I do fucking love this song in a way, even though like he has so many songs, but. All right, that's all you get. So you get modest. <laughs> you got Jeff Hardy's music playing and then Jeff Hardy with a fresh cut ends up popping out here and he is now back with tna so this is basically post him being fired from the wwe him having this feud with cm punk that led to him losing and losing the belt or uh, which then led to him being fired which was the clause if he lost the match he loses he he's kicked it, he's fired basically and he actually did get fired so <laughs> now he's with TNA he comes here he pretty much you know he's like hyped to be there he's walking around the cage homicide somehow got out of the cage to then fight with Jeff Hardy for no reason just to get his ass fucked over because Jeff Hardy then grabs <laughs> a steel chair and beats the shit out of him with a fucking headshot I, that chair, that headshot was nasty. He threw it in like he really went at him just for then to Jeff Hardy, you know, to be hypey, you know, I'm Jeff Hardy. I'm back in TNA. For some reason, his crazy ass climbs the top to the top <laughs> of the cage and just sits there. And honestly, like maybe that's why they did this cage match just for that iconic shot, because TNA would use the hell out of that shot. And that would be like an, an iconic moment for years to come in TNA history. <laughs> Yeah, that was like, yeah, Jeff coming. That was probably was like the best part of that match. Honestly, it might have been the best part of the show, <laughs> at least for me. That's like, <laughs> I like, I know those rumors of Jeff showing. So that's like one of the only reasons why I tuned in. And I was happy it happened the first hour because like I was I was going to go turn turn to Raw at nine. Um, but 
Um, yeah, you know, I, I love Jeff. So seeing him there coming out, um, I, you know, part of me was also sad. I thought he was going to, I thought he could have gone to WWE at some point too during that time span. Um, but you know, it's all, it's all good. And you know, he got the new fresh cut looking, looking dope. So yeah, I'll excited for it. That was a good part. Yeah. I mean, he spent a good amount of time in this. This was like this second run in TNA was definitely longer than his first one. It had a lot of things in it. I mean, in a couple of months from now, we will get heel Jeff Hardy. Heel Jeff Hardy happens. Heel Hulk Hogan happens. I'm very confused on mm-hmm. how it all really pretty like goes down because it's been a while since I've caught up to this. But we're going to see that. Uh, it's just so interesting that this whole match had to happen just for Jeff Hardy to come out. I don't know who the fuck he's going to feud with when the, when we as we continue to watch, but this happens for some reason. And you know, I I credit Deadlock because I I listened to their episode on when they went over all of this. This because they like I mentioned in the intro, they follow a lot of TNA retro reviews that they do, so they pick bits and pieces from the history of TNA that they'll do. But any pretty much old WWE or any wrestling show, but they did the Hulk Hogan one. And one thing apparently Bischoff said, not during this time, but just in general, um, Eric Eric Bischoff said. You know, one thing I regret when coming to, you know, you know, about WCW is he wish he cared more about the finishes to his matches. And then the first match with (laughs) Bischoff and Hogan there here is a no contest in a cage match. That that's beautiful when you say, Yeah, I wish I cared more about my finishes. And then you see the rest of the show and it also explains it all. So very interesting. Match is over. Jeff Hardy, you see him go get backstage, and Shannon Moore's there. I forgot Shannon Moore was a thing until I saw yeah. that. So that was interesting. Um, and then they cut to a shot of a limo coming to the impact zone with a cop escort, and it's Hulk Hogan, obviously, but they're like trying to act like wonder who the fuck it is. Uh, apparently, also, this shot that they did, they had this limo and cops and stuff just drive around the Universal Studios like area, the area <laughs> where it's at, just to record this. So they've had multiple shots of them just driving around for some reason. So they got they, they were really into this. <laughs> uh we cut to a Kevin Nash promo with Christy Hemi. Kevin Nash just is just there. He pretty much is like, you know, Oak Hogan, he's cool. He was my mentor. Now with him coming, we're gonna be number one. I'm going to make a lot more money. (laughs) That's basically (laughs) all he says. He's like, I'm making more money. Oh, and Hulk Hogan's not alone. (laughs) When I saw that problem, I just said, this guy's talking about money. I was like, this guy, you you can like, TNA Kevin Nash is is just a specific weird Kevin Nash. (laughs) During this time, he just like, he just looks obvious. I really don't care. I'm just here for the money. (laughs) I mean, this is why they call him the smartest man in pro wrestling. This man barely (laughs) takes any bumps, and he was was just loaded in cash, and he he made everything clear. I'm here for the money. (laughs) That's all you got to (laughs) do. So the next match is ODB taking on Tara for the TNA Knockouts Women Championship. Uh, ODB, if you guys don't know who ODB is, she was a big thing for the Knockouts division. She is like... You know, imagine a classic Florida woman, you know, just a beer drinker, you know, down south lady. ODB stands for one dirty bitch. That is literally what it stands for. And she was pretty fucking over back in the day. Like, I remember the fans loved ODB because she was like, like a female stone cold in a way. Just a beer drinker, wants to fuck shit up and all that. And they had a lot of things that they could have done to ODB. 
So I really liked her character. I actually just learned the other day, ODB just released a book in September. Hmm. It's uh, Jessica Kearse, I believe is how you pronounce her last name, or Jesse Kearse is ODB, One Dirty Bitch. So that book is out right now on Amazon. You get it for 24 bucks. I'm a big fan of wrestling books. I love biographies, and I feel like uh, you know, there's a lot of good wrestling ones. For example, all the Mick Foley ones are really good. I got a couple I'm looking at. I got the Young Bucks one I haven't read yet. I got the Eric Bischoff one I haven't read yet. The Shawn Michaels one I read, that was pretty good. And I got the Mox one I need to read. So I think I'm going to order this book. So ODB takes on Tara, a.k.a. Victoria, and Tara has a pet tarantula. I forgot that was a thing, that she's rocking with a spider. And she's the knockout woman champion. Uh, one thing I had to say during this time is, God, our, uh, the footage that we were watching is so deep fried because TNA doesn't have all the rights <laughs> yet for all of their library. Mm. So recently they've been uploading a lot of it to Impact Plus, but we had to find alternative methods to watch this this whole show. And pretty much do this entire podcast segment for the next couple of months we're going to have to use alternative methods because this whole part is not available on like, you know, HD yet. So I'm like, yeah, this shit's deep fried as hell. Um, but this match wasn't anything special. This match was a two minute and 40 second match ends up winning that ODB wins the belt. Uh, she won with a roll up and she was holding the tights. You could see, you could see all of Tara's ass just hanging <laughs> out. Uh, they tried to cut away from it so you don't see Tara's ass. Instead, they cut to like an old, like, I don't, I don't know. It was just like the footage of the cage, which was random. It looked oh, like yes. it was like <laughs> from pre, a previous moment, uh, rather than that same time. So they did all that and ODB wins, but then. She wins. Tara fucks her up for for winning the belt. Uh, puts a spider on her, and then Tara holds up the belt like if she was still champion. <laughs> and you know, imagine losing the match. You're losing your title. You put a spider on somebody just for them to then cut to Ric Flair <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> what what did oh, you goodness. what did you think about that two minute and forty second moment that the that the knockouts got? <laughs> People, uh, people always say, and I always say too. Yeah, Impact had the greatest, had a good knuckles division all the time back in the days. Here's me watching this, watching a two two minute match, three minute match, and just like, all right, maybe maybe it was as good as we, as we once thought it was. <laughs> maybe we did some tunnel vision there, but yeah, that match was just very very short, just a weird match. I do miss Tara, Tara. I don't know how to say her name in here, Tara. Victoria, Tara. I miss her in wrestling though. She's she's roughly one of like the goats. So that yeah, was, that was cool. She was memorable back in WWE and like her early stages in her career. And then she had a really good time in TNA. Like, I know we're probably going to get to the whole like moment when she has like, uh, it's not Madison rain. Who, who, who was it? She had somebody be her henchman or something like that. It was such a weird time during that time too. Oh yeah. Um, but Tara, was pretty cool, and it was nice when she came out in the Royal Rumble uh, this past year. Oh, yeah, so that was yeah. nice. Um, what else I have to say? Um, interesting. Like, yeah, like a lot of people would say, Knockout Division was, you know, was so good. And then we get a match like this. But then to counteract it, the match that we get later on the night was Awesome Kong and that tag team match. That oh, was a pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. That was a pretty good match. I think it's just unfortunately mm-hmm. there are sprinkles of shitty booking that still happens. And, you know, it will continue to happen now with the Hogan run of TNA. But, I mean, compared to WWE at this time, like, 
at least at this moment in WWE, like I don't really like, I know a lot of, you know, women out there, a lot of women wrestling fans did enjoy the divas time, but there were, there were a lot of times where you can just skip those matches because they weren't like, they weren't produced right. They weren't produced to showcase how good these women were, but TNA did TNA was doing that for a good amount of time. Um, but anywho, like I mentioned, Ric Flair, uh, Ric Flair, I guess, debuted this, or, you know, showed up to TNA the same day Hogan did. Is, am I correct? Because, like, they were hyping yeah, it up. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I guess this happened the same show. <laughs> I, I, I had to Google, I had to look it up. And I was like, did he debut the same day? Because I honestly forgot he debuted. I didn't know he did. I was shocked when I watched it. I was like, huh, Ric Flair's here too. Okay, that's interesting. That's cool, yeah. I guess. And he goes to AJ Styles' locker room, which. This means we will get the whole AJ Styles Ric Flair team up that does happen, which mm. will then eventually lead to Fortune Four. Um, so yeah, I, I noted on here. Yeah, it's pretty. We got the return of Hardy, the debut of Flair and Hogan on one show, and Raw just has Bret Hart, <laughs> and they still did better <laughs> numbers. Right. Uh, we cut to after this, we get the boss Bobby Lashley with his wife Crystal Lashley, which I forgot. Like they were a thing. At one point, they're no longer together. I saw that they're separated. They do have uh, two kids, at least. Um, Bobby Lashley noted he always needs a mouthpiece, and he's better with a mouthpiece to make him more believable. I know right now he's doing the whole Brock Lesnar stuff, and he doesn't have a mouthpiece, but, you know, the bulk of his return to WWE and doing better as, you know, being a main eventer now was with MVP. His whole run and impact before this one uh, I mean, after this one was with MVP again, so he was doing really well during that time with MVP. And I don't really remember a lot of his first run with TNA, but I didn't know Crystal was there. And it's very interesting this whole moment. This was a very interesting segment because she comes out here. She's like, "This is a historic day in TNA," and Bobby Lashley wants to leave this fucking company because he is tired. <laughs> he likes MMA. And, you know, it's a great day for this company, but all you filthy, inbred, toothless degenerates, she literally calls the wrestling fans and wrestlers inbred, toothless degenerates. And pretty much saying, yeah, Hulk Hogan's here. Bobby Lashley, we're taking him out. He's an MMA star now. We want MMA is better. We're leaving. (laughs) I thought this was Bobby Lashley didn't even speak. It was just Crystal. And I was like, huh, that's that's just odd. (laughs) This is more just routine. It's weird booking. Like, that's just like I, I don't remember this happening. Like I, this is just blanking on this completely. I forgot he even had two runs of TNA. Uh, I'm guessing this was the bad one. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's just funny. Yeah, I don't. I, I want to know if it was a bad one or not. I just don't remember it. But I do remember, like I said before, when I first found out about TNA, I'm like, oh, Bobby Lashley's here. This is where he went. Yeah. Because his run in WWE was really well for the time. You know, he had the whole sit with Umaga and Trump that gave him that WrestleMania moment and all that crap. And then, you know, he should have been a WWE champion by then. But, you know, they gave him the ECW title. And, you know, at least eventually things would be rectified. And we got the Bobby Lashley we've had now. But, yeah, I for... I don't know where they're going with this angle because I don't think Bobby Lashley lasts long in Impact during this time because I do know he'll do more MMA. He'll go MIA for, for I feel like, years, and then he'll end up showing back on Impact at some point. So, interesting. 
So after one weird segment, we get another weird segment, and we get Velvet <laughs> Sky of the Beautiful People, and she's out here being seductive, and she's like, follow me, Mr. Cameraman, and they go to like some weird room where you got Lazy Von Eric and Madison Rain just sitting there at a poker table with a bunch of five-hour energy drinks. I guess they're playing poker with <laughs> five-hour energy because they're sponsored by the show. They're sponsoring the show. Uh, it's very clear that these girls do not know how to play poker. I don't know why this is a segment, and this is dumb because just then, you know, they got Lacey Von Eric playing stupid. Uh, this is ends up being a strip poker game. And this is dumb because we won't end up seeing anything because this is not like porn. So I don't know what the hell they're <laughs> going with here, but they're just trying to sell the beautiful people because they're the beautiful people and they got boobs. Like, I don't know what the hell they were going with this segment. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, all right, this is this is I never this too. Like this happened as a kid. This is funny. Uh, random, random segment. But I do like the beautiful people. I thought that was a really good stable in TNA at the time. I thought that was pretty cool. I remember they had Billy Gunn with them at one point too, which is funny. You're always doing something. Yeah, in the beginning they did. Yes, that's did, right. Yeah. yeah, they they were running rough shot on TNA's woman uh women's division for a long time. Like they had Velvet Sky or Madison Rain, they were like the impact uh knockout champion. And then they would have like maybe like Angelina Love or Lacey Von Eric. They like all they had all the titles at one point, like the tag team and the you know, the main woman's title. So they did a they did a good time there. They had a good time and a good run, and then eventually I think we would only get left with Madison Rain and Velvet Sky and they weren't friends anymore and then they reunite and then Angelina Love came back and all this stuff. You know, they would continue this for a few years. I think last year they still had the beautiful people. I think they were still a thing. And I know Angelina Love still, I think, kind of wrestles here and there with her. I know her husband's Davey Richards. So uh, there's that. So we had that segment. Then to another weird segment, we get Scott Hall and X-Pac. They're outside and they're trying <laughs> to get into the ring. They're like, oh, Kogan's here. Let us in. We want money. <laughs> And Hoke, and then Scott Hall, he looks fucking hammered. So that's one. RIP to the bad guy, but he looks hammered as fuck. He goes to choke out the security guard who doesn't let him in. Um, so that was just interesting. Uh, they then, you know, let us know that TNA is trending number one on Twitter. Whoopee. Uh, they continue to show more shots of the motorcade that is bringing Hogan to the arena. Uh, well, not the arena, it's Universal Studios. Some, for some reason, then there's a second limo, and that limo, both limos stop. One guy from one limo goes into the other limo, and then it's like, what the fuck is this all about? Taz and Mike today are confused. Then you got Scott Hall and X-Pac. They come through the crowd, so I guess security gave up and let them in. Uh, that still mm -hmm. makes no sense. And then next thing you know, Scott Hall and X-Pac, they, ha they have seats in the front row. So how do you not get allowed in? You <laughs> choke a security guard. You somehow get in. Nobody's chasing you. And next thing you know, you got two front row seats. Incredible. It's just fucking incredible. That's TNA for you. That's not, that's not even TNA. That's wrestling for you. <laughs> TNA just, they know what. Just, sometimes there's just no continuity in the things they do. And it just, you just got to laugh at it, honestly. Yeah, I mean, for real, man. That's just wrestling. But anyway, Hulk Hogan's here finally. The theme song is basically, you know, a remix of the, his NWO song, which I thought was really good. I like it. 
the Cody Pyro is like times a hundred. You see Hulk Hogan, he's walking, he's you know, he's soaking it all in. The crowd is loud, but there probably is some piped in like intro shit going on. Uh, you see Hogan, he walks by a sign that says Hogan owns owns Vince, which is just funny. Uh, Hulk Hogan also just walks past X Pac and Scott. All he just looks at them and walks by. Uh, we do see a crowd shot of Brooke Hogan in the crowd, which I'm like, oh, God, this, we're going to get to that point where there's that whole thing with her and Bully Ray and the Aces and Eights. Oh, oh yeah. my God. Like, that, that that's going to be something. I was like, I was watching this, and I was like, man, I wish Hulk Hogan wasn't racist, man. Like, <laughs> it's, it's such a fucking annoying thing that still, like, Hulk Hogan's a racist. Because, <laughs> like... I've mentioned this many of times on the podcast. I am no longer a Hulk Hogan like a fan or anything like that since it was known that he's racist. But like back when I was a kid and stuff like that, like I thought Hulk Hogan was kind of cool. Like it, like he's one of the most popular wrestlers ever. You know, Real Americans a really cool song. There are some really great NWO moments, but now it's tainted because Hogan's a racist. Yeah, I wrote down here when Ric Flair came. I was like, uh. At the time, this was really cool to see Ric Flair debut in TNA. Then you got Ho Hogan coming out a little a couple minutes later, and that put down. It was cool, but now you know, now, now, now we know what we know. They both suck. And <laughs> it's like, I, it's looking yeah. back, I'm trying to enjoy this, but at the same time, it's like, man, Hogan's racist and Ric Flair's idiot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just oh, in the back of your head. Uh, <sighs> well, Hulk Hogan comes out, grabs Mike. First thing he says is, "What's up, TNA maniacs?" I'm like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's what Hulk Hogan says first time. He's, <laughs> I, I love another thing he says, which I find was fucking hysterical. I've been in the back all day long, and I'm like, "What do you mean you've been in the back all day long? We just saw you coming in a limo. What do you mean you've been in the back talking to the talent, talking to all the talented right. boys in the <laughs> locker room and stuff? You literally just—we oh, saw God. so many vignettes of you in a fucking limo. It's just ridiculous, <laughs> you know." And Hulk Hogan does a basic ass Hulk Hogan. I'm Hulk Hogan. This is TNA. We're gonna beat WWE. We're gonna be number one. X Paul, X Paul, <laughs> X Pac and Scott Hall, they jump over the railing and security now finally tries to stop them. But then Hogan says, I'll let them in. They too sweet. Also, everyone start, everyone's wearing a leather jacket, but Hogan in this entire segment, uh, you know, they give the mic to, the, to Scott Hall and all he has to say is, hey, yo, and that's about it. I mean, that's <laughs> all he needed to say. He goes, hey, yo, uh, what else? Hulk Hogan, and he, like, he asks him something. He's like, oh, what do you got to say? And then, you know, <laughs> oh, and then from there, Scott Hall's like, hey, say hi. Say hello to the bad guy. I'm like, all right, you got to say, say something that isn't a catchphrase. <laughs> um, so, you know, Scott Hall, he's like, yeah, pretty much we heard your back. So, you know, that means big paychecks and big parties. So we want to, we about this. What's up? And they also give away that, Easy ease there. I think it was supposed to be a surprise that Eric Bischoff was supposed to be the second guy, but you got Scott Hall say, "Oh yeah, you know, Easy E's here." Um, so mm-hmm. not a lot of people caught that in the crowd, but when you're listening to it, it's like, all right. But pretty much Hulk Hogan's like, "Yeah, things are going to be different," and I and I wrote down, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> no. Hulk Hogan keeps saying he wants to do the right thing by the business, but then he turns heel in a couple months anyway. So what the fuck are you talking about, Hogan? Kevin Nash comes out and, you know, he's, you know, he, he just looking like a guy that wants to go home. He's like, give me my, give me my check. I don't want to be here. 
they're all wearing leather jackets, but Hulk Hogan. What else? Um, they at one moment it looked like Pac and Hall were gonna jump like Hulk Hogan, like <laughs> X Pac takes off his jacket. I'm like, well, what's going on here? Then Eric Bischoff comes out. They're talking. Eric Bischoff's like, yeah, I spanked the eight. We spanked the 800 pound gorilla and stuff and put him in the cage back in the day. I'm like, why are they talking about Vince McMahon like he's an 800 pound gorilla? <laughs> and also, you lost the war. You're on TNA now because you don't have a job anymore. You lost the war. Why is this something you got to be hyped about? If anything, <laughs> why the fuck are you guys all there? You lost the war. <laughs> Dixie's in the crowd. She's not looking that happy. Like she shook her head, you know. Apparently, that Eric Bischoff's like everyone has to earn their position here. Yet you, you got all of Hulk Hogan's buddies there. You get the Nazi boys who show up a fucking few moments later. I'm like, what the what the hell is all this? Um, it, what did you think about this whole segment? This whole moment, Hulk Hogan and all this bullshit. <laughs> this whole segment, like, it wasn't this thing, but it was like one of the other promos that later on Hulk has has like another promo. He said something about we're gonna push the young guys, and I'm just like, you have. A, you have like a 15 minute segment of you, Ed Bishaw, Kevin Nash, uh, Scott Hall, and Xbox, who are not young. This is like 2010. This is like 20 years after there's well, nine years after there's W died. Um, and you guys are not old, you guys are not young, even then, there's is kind of old. And you're talking about pushing the young guys, but then you got these old people taking up like 15 minutes of the show. Like, all right, this isn't this is very counterproductive, you ask me. Um, the whole thing was stupid. <laughs> I mean, most of it because, like, like you said, Hogan talking about he was backstage on the everybody do was in the limb of the whole the whole show. So that doesn't make any sense. Like continuity, come on man, you gotta you gotta pick one side. Um this was just remind me of like Mania 31, which is like this whole NWO WCW reunion, just like why is this happening? These guys don't need to like this is a very long segment again. Like this is like this moment like I'm thinking like how do guys like AJ Styles or like Samoa Joe feel about this right now that they're taking up so much time with this promo when you know matches on the show is like two minutes long? He <laughs> could have had more wrestling, you know? Yeah, they that's literally going against everything that they're trying to promote here. Like it's fucking stupid. Um, just an, just another weird stuff. They got Eric Bischoff. He's like, oh, yeah, where where's the producer at? Give me give me give me the give me the format for tonight. They ripped the format in half just to do some stupid shit. Uh, what else? Hulk Hogan says some nonsense. I got the line right here. He said, "If you can't talk and you can't wrestle, pack your bags and go up north." So basically saying, <laughs> if you ain't about this, get the fuck out of here. All the boys in the locker room. If you don't like this, get out. Uh, and then we see Sting in the rafters. Yeah. This is just WCW. This is literally yeah. WCW. <laughs> and this will de- continue to become WCW from here on out. It's just wild that this is what they're going with. And they have so many WCW shit happening. <laughs> Sting fighting the Raptors hand PTSD like, oh, great. This is Hogan ruining the company once again. Like, yeah. this, is, this is just like, damn. <laughs> I feel bad oh, for Sting in this moment. <laughs> If Hogan never ruined the company for W, like imagine if WCW never lost and like was able to just to keep going with WWE. Maybe Sting would have retired finally. Mind you, he's having a like, he's having an amazing time right now. But maybe he would have never went to like another company like TNA and then now AEW. But my lord, just imagine. He, I wonder what what is it like? How's his relationship with Hogan? <laughs> I was some bad. 
<laughs> so that's what my thoughts would be. Uh, my lord. Uh, next match, probably my favorite match of the night. Austin Kong and Hamada defeats. Uh, well, I already spoiled it. They defeat Sarita mm-hmm. and Taylor Wilde. Um, I thought it was pretty cool because Taylor Wilde is wrestling right now for TNA. She's back with TNA again, and she's doing stuff with the Knockouts division. Um, but anyway, I already spoiled it. Awesome Kong and Hamada, they won uh, this match, and they win the TNA Tag Team titles. This match went for nine minutes, and it was pretty good. I mean, this match also made me think, damn, I wish Awesome Kong was bigger than, you know, what she ended up being, because she was supposed to be so huge. And I don't know what really happened. I think it was like a mix of injuries. I know when she got, I'm pretty sure I remember hearing when she started her WWE run, she ended up getting pregnant. So that like, you know, derailed things. And I think injuries happened. And then she went to AEW and then that stuff didn't really work out. Awesome Kong was supposed to be a way bigger deal than she ended up being, but she'll always be like one of those stories. It's like, man, she, while we had her, it was good, but she could have been so much more. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. She, she definitely could have been. I love when this match was like, I was shocked how long the match was. I was like, oh, this is actually like, this is like nine minutes long. Like, it's, it's a pretty long match, like for women's wrestling at the time. And like, heck, it's longer than most AEW women matches, too, if I'm being honest. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a good match, you know. And yeah, Austin Kong, like, I never, it was, man, when was this? I think this was the NWA Empower show. The, the Austin Kong was there. And then, like, Gail Kim, gave her flowers and stuff like that and just it was like a nice moment like you could tell both of them just like those are two important people like tna and just playing woman wrestling in general um she definitely should have been bigger but it's nice to see like she 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 had like a weird path but you know and then i think she's satisfied with know what she was she was able to do too which is dope yeah i'm sad that uh glow on netflix ended up getting canceled because Uh, that was a really good show show. and she was on there and i thought she was a really good actress on that show but this match, pretty fucking cool. I also found it really cool. Besides Austin Kong, all of these women are still wrestling to this day. Hamada's still wrestling mm-hmm. out here in some parts of like Mexico from what I saw. So is Sarita. And obviously, I just said Taylor Wilde. So that's pretty cool. This match had some good stuff. Um, also, mid-match, like kind of like the very beginning of the match, they show us that the machine guns, they're laid out for some reason in the back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of one of many people that will get knocked out during the course of this show. Unfortunately, it wasn't me as I was getting tired of some of this. Um, I do also find it funny that, you know, the finish is a front missile dropkick powerbomb combo of Awesome Kong holding Taylor. Was it? No, she was holding up Sarita and uh, Hamada hit up with a, you know, front missile dropkick from the top rope into the powerbomb and because awesome Kong was too close to the ropes. Like you could see him Hamada, like push her head, like get the fuck out of here. I'm trying to do the move, but, um, the women, uh, awesome Kong and Hamada take the W. That was pretty cool. I like that. And you know, you know, it's funny. You have an amazing knockout match and you know, what's the next segment they put on beautiful people stripping again, <laughs> strip <laughs> poker. It's like, <laughs> Oh, for yeah, no balance for as far as you get through and push yourself as being progressive with the woman, you then do this. So you got this, you got this right after, you know, what a historic night. And my biggest takeaway, I'm like, why the fuck is Val Venus on this damn show? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he just pops up. I'm like, why the fuck is Val Venus here? And he's basically saying, I'm going to play strip poker. And my dick's going to come out. That's basically what he was saying. I'm like, this is <laughs> wild. 
Yeah, I love how he was Val Venus weird, creepy self ruining everything. I don't like him. He's so weird on Twitter too these days too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, shout out to Deadlock for this snippet. Uh, a little highlighter, not highlight, a little preview to what we might see. So the next pay per view that they're building up for on this show is Genesis. And this is a very memorable moment because this is like the last stance of TNA. Like this is re- this like this pay per view is really when afterwards things become full Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff type of style. But in this show, spoiler alert too, for a over 20, uh, 10 year show, uh, Sean Morley, <laughs> AKA Val Venus, he will face Christopher Daniels. He goes by Daniels right now. And he, and, and Val Venus wins this match. The crowd <laughs> responded by turning their back on this match and on this show. I remember this moment. I remember looking at Facebook back in the time and a wrestling, like, you know, internet stuff. Like, this was a very fucked up moment in history for wrestling, especially (laughs) TNA, because you got Daniels, who's been proving himself for years on TNA and doing so much, like, an integral, integral part of TNA at the time. And he lost to fucking Val Venus, and the crowd was not about it. Just wild. Yes, that's that's that, that, that sounds hilarious. <laughs> like I don't know. First of all, why we have Val Venus beat Christopher Daniels? That's just some bad booking, man. I mean, why have him there anyway? I don't think of any like his character was cool during the Attitude Era, but now like I, it was just a waste of money, to be honest. But uh, we cut to you know Mick Foley not being allowed in to the arena for some reason because you know Hulk Hogan and all of them they want to you know lead a new regime so they don't want Mick Foley a part of it. But then the Nasty Boys are here for some reason. Why the fuck are the Nasty Boys important <laughs> in 2010 wrestling when I don't think they were important for any point besides like the 90s and like they weren't even that important. In my opinion. And the Nasty Boys just show up here. Be why? Because they're friends with Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan is letting all his friends run fucking rampant. This just sounds like WCW. This, has, this is what TNB is trying to beat WCW 2.0 in a very, very bad way. It's it's ridiculous. Uh, next is the shortest match of the night. We got Hernandez and Matt Morgan. And they're taking on Dr. Stevie, a.k.a. Stevie Richards, with... TNA Hall of Famer Raven and Daphne is on there. RIP Daphne. Uh, this match ended with a carbon footprint, which looked pretty nasty, from Matt Morgan to Dr. Stevie. My favorite part about this match was Matt Morgan's doing the pin. You see Raven. Raven's about to go stop the pin, but Raven tripped over the rope and couldn't stop the pin. Why is that the finish for this match? <laughs> Not only, why the fuck did they give us a 30-second match? And from what I read and hear, Dr. Stevie and Raven never did anything ever again. But why the hell is to finish this match a quick job out like this? And, you know, they could have just made Raven be, like, knocked out outside or something. They didn't have to make him look like a big-ass jabroni tripping over the rope. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's... <laughs> but night I'm thinking back to things will change or this is a change or that open thing was and you do things like this it's just like all right you say, you say things will change and things have only looked worse <laughs> right. it's incredible 
Next up, we got a segment with the Pope and Christianity. I, I remember, I'm like, ah, I miss the Pope. The Pope was cool. I know he's doing stuff now with NWA, but I wish, I wish the Pope had a bigger platform because the Pope was a cool thing. Like, I remember when he was, uh, as, what was it, as, as Elijah Burke in, w, mm. in WWE in their ECW. I thought he was cool. He had a lot of potential. I don't know what happened that they ended up dropping him and then TNA picked him up. And. You know, unfortunately, they didn't use him as much as they could have. And, you know, it sucks because the Pope, he has charisma. I don't know. I can't really speak to his wrestling ability, but he had some cool stuff that he was doing back then. So it sucks that they never used him to where he could have been. But at least he's still, like, relevant in wrestling, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this been that, I thought this match was cool. It was also very short. But it also made me, like, seeing this little snippet of, like, Desmond Wolf. I was just like... I wish I got to see more of Nigel McGuinness wrestle. I know his ROH stuff was probably good. Like his match was down Brian. But even during this time with like TNA, I just didn't care for him. I just said, I thought he was boring, but which is, which makes sense. Nothing about it. I also don't like technical wrestlers like that much. You so. don't like technical huh. wrestlers. Why don't you just say that? You <laughs> don't like sense. wrestling. You, you like sports <laughs> entertainment. Why don't you just I'm thinking say about that? now. Like all this starting to make sense to me. I'm coming to realization that I don't like technical wrestling. I, I don't like it, but I found it boring back in the days. But now I could appreciate it a little bit more. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> well, I wasn't even talking about the match, but we could talk about the match, and then we'll get back to one more thing I wanted to point out there. Um so yeah, that match did happen, and it sucks that Nigel McGuinness never really got the opportunity that he needed either in TNA. Like he had that feud with Kurt Angle that led to some two really good matches, but he'll have some other stuff that'll be shown later on in this time. But it's just never what it could have been because there was a point where Nigel McGuinness was like the biggest star in the Indies, and then TNA signed him, and then they kind of wasted him, and then he kind of went MIA for a bit. And then I think he started doing commentary for ROH, and then NXT picked him up. And then, you know, I'm very, very shocked still, and we didn't talk about this. I'm shocked that with WWE and what they did with, you know, changing the commentary around, I'm surprised they dropped Nigel McGuinness. You would think mm-hmm. they would have brought him back to NXT or maybe put him on the main roster because I liked him doing commentary on NXT. I thought he was really well. Him and Mark Ronaldo, they were a really good combination. So now that he's jobless, I'm like, I kind of hope AEW would scoop him. I know they got Taz, which I really enjoy. Um, you know, they got Excalibur, I enjoy too. And now for some reason, JR has kind of been reduced to calling Rampage recently. But <laughs> Nigel McGuinness would be a great asset to either have on commentary there or, hey, fuck it, I uh they got Todd Phillips doing Impact. I forgot who else he's doing commentary. Oh, he's doing uh, commentary with Aiden English. But yeah, Nigel McGuinness should go somewhere in professional wrestling because, you know, that's a big stage for him because I like him. Who knows? Maybe he'll be able to wrestle again because everyone with a neck injury somehow knows how to wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he wants to wrestle Darren Brown one more time. It could happen. You know, never know anymore. And you won't like the match because you don't like technical wrestling. So <laughs> I, I might enjoy it. <laughs> but yeah, they had a very small match, two minutes and forty seconds. A uh, Pope won with a small package. Uh, one thing that was notable there: the Pope gave the uh, the Pope is he's Okada. He got the money falling <laughs> down. He's basically the rainmaker Okada before Okada was <laughs> Okada. That I found funny. The one thing I wanted to point out before we jumped into this match: so when they had the Pope backstage. Out of fucking nowhere, Orlando Jordan shows oh, up. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> like, and the thing about this is, Orlando Jordan, when I saw this, I'm like, oh my God. 
<laughs> not only is he holding a five-hour energy drink because the show is sponsored by five-hour energy drink, but I'm like, wait a second. If this means this is Orlando Jordan's debut, does this mean we're going to get that crazy, weird gimmick that Orlando Jordan had during that time, which was fucking creepy? Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I remember that vividly. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, my God. I'm like, oh, God, we're going to have to live through that. We're going to have to see <laughs> creepy Orlando Jordan. I'm like, oh, God. And the thing is, he looked normal there. So it'll be very interesting to see how the transition happens. Um, I also noted here. So uh, Christy Hemme made it a point that uh, Hulk Hogan likes the Pope and he wants to see the Pope wrestle. That's why I put him on the new format. So I'm like, oh, interesting. And then when Orlando Jordan gets there, I'm like, he's like, oh, yeah, Hulk Hogan invited me. Yeah, yeah, Hulk Hogan invited me here. I'm like, ah, two black guys invited by Hulk Hogan the TNA. (laughs) Yeah, wrestling scripted as fuck. There's no (laughs) way this would happen in real life. That's funny. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I thought that was interesting. Uh, Anywho, so yeah, that match happened. Eh, it was all right. Uh, then we get, for some reason, during our footage, I, I, I know it happened to you, too. It must have. Uh, there was a whole AJ Styles backstage stuff with Jeremy Borash, but for some reason, our footage was stuck at a photo of Hulk Hogan for, like, two minutes. Yeah, I, I, I was wondering that, too. <laughs> I was so confused when that happened. Yeah, like, I refreshed my page. I'm like, oh, did, like, the video, like, what happened here? No, it's just, like, that's the video where it's at. It's just fucked up there. But anyway, AJ Styles is hyped for Hogan being there, and, you know, Eric Bischoff pops up. Eric Bischoff's just being a dickhead to AJ. And, you know, that's the thing. With Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff, I know they eventually turn heel, but I guess maybe Eric Bischoff never turned heel because he was already a piece of shit (laughs) to start off with. I can't think of a time that Eric Bischoff was nice post-NWO Eric Bischoff, but um, he was just already being an asshole. (laughs) He's being an asshole to AJ, kind of, sort of. And um, basically he tells AJ, hey, you you think you're going to defend that title at Genesis? Uh -uh, You're going to defend that title tonight against Kurt Angle at the main event. And AJ is, you know, he's not mad. He's actually, he's a fighting champ, so he's happy about it. Um, so that happens. Then we get a Jeff Jarrett, uh, Jeff Jarrett. So then we get a Jeff Jarrett promo. Wee wee. We got My World playing. I don't know whose idea was it to give Jeff Jarrett the rock band font for his entrance <laughs> video, but it looks so fucking stupid. Uh, the crowd are chanting, welcome back. So I guess he was gone for a little bit. I don't know why. Maybe something took time off i know he had a lot of there was a lot of personal drama going on in jeff jared's life throughout these uh years within tna and afterwards uh but jeff is out here basically putting the company over he's putting the company and the talent over which is shocking because hulk hogan and bishop basically were bashing it earlier and then <laughs> we'll continue to bash it but just putting over you know the company uh hulk hogan comes out in a fucking titantron and he's like, yeah, Jeff Jerry, cut the fucking shit. You piece of <laughs> shit. You suck. I hate you. I don't know why you're here. TNA is going to shit. I don't like you. The crowd starts chanting bullshit again. And now this time it's aired towards Hulk Hogan. And this is my thing. I'm like, I thought Hogan's supposed to be a face. Why is he doing this heel ass shit by talking all the bullshit to Jeff Jared and basically shitting on everything Jeff Jared has done? 
it was this promo just like Hogan just contracting everything he said a couple of minutes ago on the first promo and everything that what the whole promo was I'm just like man this guy's like you talking about the young guys you don't care about the young guys bro he pushed more young guys than you ever pushed I, like, I don't know what that what that situation is um one cool thing about this promo though that, that made me think was Sam Jeff Jarrett was like he was just calling like calling out people who was like good and stuff like that he's like Bear Money is one of the greatest tag teams today. I'm just like, man, you know what? Great Bear Money really was one of the greatest tag teams in TNA at, the, at that time in wrestling in general, but also like of all time. Like, I I would love to see Bear Money reunite uh, in this day and age, but that was a really good team. But I just want to say that. Yeah, I mean, I know recently, um, Robert Roode, Bobby Roode, he I know he like he's recovering from surgery. He had like a little injury, so he's recovering from that. But if they don't like re- reunite at some point i would love if you know papa h makes his little junior bobby rude like let him be heel again because mm, yeah. i will still say heel bobby rude is probably one of the best things in professional wrestling his heel run in tna was one of my favorite things ever it was so good and then his whole nxt run and all that like i need to rewatch it but that was good too and then the whole glorious like i love that just for him to then get fucking watered down and you know he did the stuff with Dolph Ziggler which was at least kept him relevant and gave him a job but Bobby Roode if Triple H was running WWE for as long like before all this happened I feel like Bobby Roode would at least be like a three-time WWE champion by now like a main eventer and I hope he still has at least like a couple years still left in him that maybe like maybe he does that maybe Triple H does it because my lord Bobby Roode was so hot and beer money was so hot during the time too. They were like, they were they were the DX of this of, of TNA mm-hmm. in a way. That's the best way to describe them. They were the DX, but they were also really cool too. Like DX was cool, but James Storm. That's the thing too. Like I know James Storm kind of like wrestles on the indies here and there, does his own NWA stunts, occasionally comes back to TNA. But I wish also James Storm had a bigger like platform again too. Like it sucks that WWE had him for a hot moment and then. James Storm was like, "Yeah, I'm not about it. I'm, I don't. I don't really <laughs> want to work for WWE." He should at least try it out. I mean, like, obviously, probably wouldn't have gone anywhere, but at least at least try it out. Could you, could they get a bit money reunion in WWE at least in NXT at the very least, though? You know, damn for a reason, I guess. Yeah, in an alternate universe, James <laughs> Storm would probably be surfing the mid cards of AJ Styles' theme music because that was supposed <laughs> to go to James Storm. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Yeah, man. Anywho, uh, so after all this fucking bullshit of Hogan shitting down the throat of Jeff Jarrett, we get a mm-hmm. backstage promo with Christopher Daniels, but it only lasted for like two seconds because Jeremy Borash comes out, interrupts mm-hmm. it, goes to Chris Gammy and be like, yo, Mick Foley, he's, he's trying to get in. I, I, don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. I'm like, what, what the yeah. hell is going on? Then they cut from this segment uh, to see that, you know, well, actually... Before that happens, Mick Foley does get into the building and he like kind of like tells JB like, cut it out, JB. You're going to do this to me, too. Anyway, that was weird. Then they cut to Jeff Hardy painting backstage with Shannon Moore. <laughs> and, Sh- and Shannon Moore's like, oh, you you got to sell this. You got to make money off of this. And then he's <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is this segment? What is this little thing? Like, all right, you're reminding us that Jeff Hardy's here. But honestly, the ne- this and the next thing that they do with Jeff Hardy was not necessary. They did not need to do this at all. (laughs) 
they they gave us Jeff Hardy in that cool moment on top of the cage, and then why the fuck did you give us two extra Jeff Hardy moments that were literally useless? <laughs> they could have gave us two minutes in like the Raven match, uh, tag team match for what they did here. Yeah, <laughs> that's so weird. Jeff Hardy must rule, but I just, I just love Shane more. That's my guy. He he could do no wrong to me, you know. I let him do his weird segments. <laughs> I wonder what Shannon Moore has been up to lately. To be honest, like I, I, I wonder if he still wrestles. I don't know. I'm surprised he hasn't like shown up on like a GCW show or something. Honestly, yeah, I can see him doing GCW if he wrestles still. Let's funny. see. Last match Shannon Moore had was in July, actually. Yeah, this man's just doing random independent shows. He's uh, hmm. yeah, the last big name he went to, I guess, if you could call it. Not even, it's not really a big name, but just big enough for an indie was Maryland Championship Wrestling. Uh, so then, uh, after all that, we got Samoa Joe. He's taking on Abyss. And this is the first time ever, which was interesting. Um, it just made me realize I miss Abyss, and wow, Samojo looks really young in this. So that was interesting. Yeah, they uh, <laughs> they noted on commentary that Joe had won the world title shot whenever he wants because he did the feast or fire back then. So apparently he had a title shot whenever he wants for the TNA title. But I also find it interesting that he will never become TNA champion again. Samojo was TNA champion in 2008 for 182 days and was never TNA champion ever again. Huh, I never knew that. I could have sworn he won the title between that again. Huh. Nah, he won it off of he won it off of Kurt Angle and then had a had it for a little bit and then lost it to Sting. So that was that was his reign. I thought the match was uh, nothing special, pretty quick. You know, a little bit of uh, some chair shots and stuff like that. Samojo won with the Kohina clutch. That was kind of it. Yeah, no, it's uh, just a just a match, <laughs> but you know, it's a match between two Tina legends, though. So, you know, yeah, pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I wish WWE like they have Joseph Park, they have Abyss. Right. He probably just doesn't want to wrestle anymore, and I don't know, but yeah. would have been cool. It would be cool if even that. You know, they did briefly give us some Joseph Park on. WWE TV with like with AJ Styles kind of, but it would be nice if they could run that gimmick, the whole lawyer gimmick that he was doing. Like that was actually some funny stuff when they pulled that off. I wonder if we're going to be able to, I think we do get to watch some of that. We do have some interesting abyss stuff that does happen during this time. Like <laughs> deadlock reminded me that we do get the time where he does join a mortal and he's with Hulk Hogan and oh he gosh. wears Hulk Hogan's ring and gets <laughs> the power of Hulk Hogan. <laughs> like there's some interesting stuff that does happen with abyss i forget like abyss starts wearing like the red and yellow shit too yeah (laughs) oh gosh Uh, anyway they cut to a backstage with crystal she finds easy e aka eric bischoff and she's basically demanding a meeting with hogan and you know bobby wants to get released and eric is just being a dick it's like he's already a dick but he's just being a dick so he points that that he basically says, "Yeah, get in the back of the line. You'll talk to Hogan whenever he feels like it." Basically, <laughs> um, 
But yeah, Bubba the Love Sponge, who finds beer money being taken out. I forgot to mention that Bubba the Love Sponge also found Rhino earlier that got taken yes. out. <laughs> JB found him first, yes. but then Bubba the Love Sponge is like, oh, I'm taking over from here. Uh, <laughs> and like, he's basically, why is like Bubba the Love Sponge on the case? Like, I don't understand this. Um, he also had a moment with the Nasty Boys, because the Nasty Boys are still trying to get into the into Universal, and the security is like, no, we can't let you do this, blah, blah, blah. So then Bubba like kind of like talks to security, gets them to walk away, so then the Nasty Boys could sneak in. I still don't know why we need the Nasty Boys a part of TNA. Uh, just fucking random. We get Kurt Angle, JB, basically Kurt Angle's like, yeah, I'm fucking ready. I'm fucking ready for this. Uh, I'm ready to face, face AJ tonight, so that's pretty cool. I don't. I think I guess both men are faces at the point at this moment. I don't. Were you able to catch that if if Kurt was heel or anything at the time? I think because I know AJ is obviously the face. Yeah, he might have been face. I mean, because when I think of Gold T Kurt, I think of face Kurt. So maybe, maybe, maybe he was like I don't know what he was at this time. Maybe he was a tweener. I don't know, but. Yeah, then we cut to a segment with Jeff Hardy where he's basically running away from teenagers and gets into a Lamborghini and leaves. <laughs> Why? This is another part of, like, you could have just gave this time to any of these matches. Like, Samoa Joe and Abyss only went for four minutes and 50 seconds. Like, come on now. Then we cut to another segment where the Nasty Boys are in Team 3D's backstage, like, they're in their locker room because apparently Team 3D has a locker room in Universal Studios. Uh, Team 3D is not there because they are New Japan champions at the time, so they're in Japan. So you know what the fucking the, the Nasty Boys decide to do? They decide to spray paint and vandalize the locker room. <laughs> These are 40-year-old men just fucking doing this shit. I'm like, what the hell is going on? They're just they're just being assholes and like how the fuck did this is all that they're here for on TV to be literal assholes and the guys aren't even there. Team 3D is not there. This was just dumb. This was dumb. And I know I don't even remember what what's the what's the fallout from this. What they have a match with Team 3D, but I just know it's going to be a waste of fucking time. <laughs> Most likely, I don't think anyone wants to see these old guys versus Team 3D. That just seems like. Not a good match. <laughs> Just oh. Not, uh, uh. And then we get and then we get the main event: AJ Styles versus Kurt Angle. Thank God we had this match because this was definitely like the best match in the card. But like it was, we got two amazing wrestlers. Finally, they get to have a match against each other. Um, very interesting moment during the match: a masked man attacked AJ Styles mid match, and apparently on commentary, like, yeah, this has been happening for so long. Like this guy's been attacking AJ for months. <laughs> I looked into it. The masked man is Tomko. <laughs> you remember Christian and Christian yeah. and Tomko? Yeah, that's that's fucking oh Tomko. Gosh. I don't know why this is happening to your TNA world champion. You're gonna have him <laughs> have a feud of Tomko. But that happens. Like what the fuck? Literally <laughs> <laughs> thought Tomko's gonna be a game changer, the future world champion. <laughs> My that's god. Oh, so they man. had that happen. Ric Flair comes out during the middle of the match and just looks from the ramp. So we know we got Fortune 4 coming in the future. We know we got the Jay Lethal, Ric Flair stuff going to happen at some point. So there's some glimmers of hope in the future. Uh, AJ Styles won with the 450 Splash. That was pretty cool. AJ does just some, he's an amazing wrestler, so that was fucking cool. Hulk Hogan then comes out in the middle, of, well, at the end of the match, 
and he says, oh, both you guys are amazing wrestlers, blah, 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 blah. Then someone comes to, like, whisper in his ear that, like, something's going on. So then Hulk Hogan runs backstage. We cut to Mick Foley, who breaks into the strip poker room. <laughs> and, like, the girls are apparently their tops are off. And Val Venus is just upset. He's like, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> like, he's <laughs> upset. Like, Val Venus is clearly horny, and he's upset at Mick. And he's just being creepy to Mick. He's like, yeah, I'm not intimidated you, but I'm not, I'm not scared of you mick like what the fuck is going on here <laughs> why is this interaction a thing why is val venus in tna so then val venus basically tells him where to go find hulk hogan mick foley goes into what is hulk hogan's uh, i guess his his office but turns out it's eric bischoff there eric bischoff is there and, and, T- and mick foley's like ah fuck you know I don't mind working for Jeff Jarrett or Dixie. I could get through living with working for Hogan, but I told myself I ain't working for <laughs> Eric Bischoff ever again. <laughs> and then Eric Bischoff's like, all right, fine. And then he gets Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and Xbox to beat the shit out of him. You got the NWO beating the shit out of Mick Foley. Then you get Hulk Hogan just walk in there, and they can- they pan to his face and he like he's supposed to look pissed off, but he looked constipated. I don't know what the fuck they were doing there. And that's the show. And they cut from there. They show us Hogan's face, and that's the show. I don't know what to take it. I don't know what to think about it. Like Hogan just did like, is he mad? Is he happy? Who knows? <laughs> I don't know how I'm so much, like oh god, this totally makes no sense. Dude, this whole show was a fucking disaster. <laughs> the thing, the thing, this that thought that this is the show he should go head to head with Raw with, even though Raw looked whack. Besides Bret Hart, that <laughs> still just doesn't make any sense, man. This is the show we got to go against Hulk. I mean <laughs> Bret Hart. We got Val fucking Venus. <laughs> I mean, like, my <laughs> lord, they got Val Venus. They got the NWO. They got the Nasty Boys. They got <laughs> Jeff Hardy. They got. Rick Flair, what's funny is half of this, like, mind you, like, a lot of these guys, like, obviously got their, like, Hulk Hogan, WWE, WCW guy. You got Rick Flair, WCW guy, then WWE guy. Like, all it's just so interesting to see how much WWE talent or former <laughs> WWE talent is just sprinkled all over this show. And apparently, like, Dixie loved the WWE guys. Like, that's like, that's like the sediment you'll get for the rest of this run that WWE guys are more important than the TNA guys. It's just so fucking like so that's interesting. That's and the company cool. is still around today. <laughs> like I don't know how much of it, like an exp- like how much Jeff Jarrett has to do with it anymore because I know he started it, but I hope he still has some say somewhere. Actually, he doesn't have any say. He probably just did like what a lot of CEOs do, and they just leave. <laughs> but like. <laughs> It would be interesting to see if Jeff Jarrett ever comes back or like, I know Dixie's still technically a part of it somehow, I think. So like she just doesn't have any creative control, which is good, but like, it's just so interesting to see that TNA will have such a weird time and then still make it to be around today. And like, there's still question marks if AEW will make it like they signed John Moxley to a five year deal. And a lot of people are like saying like, Will AEW be around in five years? It's still a question mark, to be honest. But if TNA can do it, anyone can. The way Tony going around, I don't know. Nah, I think AEW be fine. Yeah, like I say, if, if TNA can be around today and somehow it's still on TV, um, I think I think AEW is fine. I don't know how TNA was able to do it, and somehow Lucha Underground couldn't. 
<laughs> like I'm so mad. Like Lucha Underground, it went so, like sometimes when I'm trying to sleep, I put Lucha Underground on because it's on one of the, like the random channels on like uh, on Amazon Fire. But like they had so much cool stuff, and somehow they're gone. And it would be nice if one day, like you know, take a look at everything Lucha Underground did. Maybe that'll be another thing we do for the podcast in the future. But this was our first episode of TNA with Hulk Hogan. I I need to do a little research to make sure I know what we're talking about for next week. I'll let you know that in a second, Quade. Well, not, well, not today. I'll let you know in a day once I figure out what's the next popular <laughs> thing we need to look at. But I hope you guys like this episode of the podcast. It was a little different. We're going to be doing this a lot more. If there's anything big that does happen within the current day professional wrestling, we will share our opinions on it. But for right now, we're going to be taking a deep dive into some TNA because <laughs> there's some interesting things that happen if you couldn't already tell. As always, thank you again for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at JoeBro316. You can follow Quade on Twitter at It's Quade. He has a new YouTube video out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, doom, yeah. Check that out on my YouTube channel. It's Quade. Posted it today. Good so video. that out. Uh, we're going to have more content eventually coming down the pipeline from Project Kayfabe. You'll eventually hear more about my new podcast talking about pop culture. Um, and if you're listening, of course, on the WrestleBuzz Network, feel free to check out the other podcasts that we do have on this show, on um, this network, I guess. Uh, we have the Wrestling Journal podcast. They'll talk about weekly stuff in professional wrestling. We got From the Top Rope with Gerd's Broom. He will also do that. The best thing about having three podcasts on one network feed is we all offer different opinions and we all offer our own spin on things. That's just a very fun and creative time. I don't listen to many other wrestling podcasts outside of like, you know, your, your Eric Bischoff podcast, your Jeff Jarrett, your Kurt Angles. I like hearing about wrestling history from the wrestlers. Other than that, I listen to deadlock and then I listen to the wrestling journal and from the top rope. Cause you know, these guys, they have some great stuff coming out just like we do. So Feel free to listen to all of us and, you know, share with us. Please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can leave us a review. Check us out on Twitter at Project underscore Kayfabe. It's also on Instagram at Project underscore Kayfabe and TikTok at Project underscore Kayfabe. Uh, with that, also check out the WrestleBuzz Podcast Network. We are on Twitter at, at WrestleBuzz with three Zs. We're always posting about wrestling news on there. And then you can find us on Instagram at WrestleBuzz with just two Zs because we were able to get the handle there. Uh, so with all that being said, thanks again. And next week we will have another TNA episode of the Hulk Hogan era. We should, we'll figure out in the next day or two which is, one, which is the important one to go off of next. We're going to try and stay in, uh, stay in order with the timeline. So with all that, thank you everyone. <laughs>